2: when the whole family comes together to watch the game nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store with instacart you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour less time shopping means more game time let's go visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders offer valid for a limited time ten dollar minimum per order additional terms apply
0: this past week saw the city of chicago choose a new mayor The Chicago City Council get a new look and maybe a new swagger, and some suburban races were decided as well. This weekend, we take stock with two of the best analysts around. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guests this week are two politically astute women whom you've heard before. WBBM political analyst Robin Robinson sat by my side during our truly dynamic election coverage last Tuesday night. She's best known as a past reporter and anchor for Fox 32 and CBS 2 here in Chicago, and she's also a political consultant. Erin Hegarty covers government and politics for The Daily Line, the digital news source, And she helped us unpack round one's election results on this very program, just a matter of weeks ago. And as I mentioned, then uh, I will again, she sits right next to me. And that's why I always sound like I know what I'm talking about. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank (laughs) Uh, you so much, Greg. Good to be back with you so soon. (laughs) Happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, we should probably start by looking at Brandon Johnson's victory over the more experienced and better funded Paul Vallis. Uh, Robin Robinson, Johnson didn't uh, win the Southwest and Northwest sides, but he seemed to either win or do well enough in most other places. How much of a surprise was this?
1: I don't know. If you think about the fact that uh, the outgoing Mayor Lightfoot, that she that's where she did well. Where she did well, he did well. And I don't think that's that surprising, but the North Lakefront um, uh, support, I think it all speaks to a mistrust of uh, of, of um Democratic credentials. Right? He's not. It, they keep calling him the the moderate and and Brandon the progressive. I'm not sure that those are the two two ends of the stick. Right? If you're progressive, you can't be moderate, and if you're <laughs> and if you're not progressive, you are moderate. Because I mean, a lot of people think he's really uh, that Vallis is really right. Uh, right wing uh and there was that suspicion you know th- and I think that that is what you know that's I think that's what turned people off they just didn't believe that because you had to say it at the top of every commercial lifelong Democrat Paul Vallis I think that uh they they just didn't trust it and um and and went for for Brandon Johnson I think it was a different kind of voting pattern a little bit you know there was some crossover and you know people voting, Collective interests and not just their own individual interests, so I think it was a I think it was a very, a, a very telling outcome.
0: Aaron Haggerty what struck you about Johnson's win in the wards and and the kinds of wars where you want.
2: Um, I don't know I think what struck me more kind of on election night was was the speed at which everything happened. Um, like. I don't know. It was it was it was an exciting mayoral race, and it was nice to like not have you know, unlike in February, nine people who you're trying to watch the results of. But um, I don't know. It was it was so interesting to see uh, Johnson kind of slowly creep up. I know you know all all the, the ballots came in at the same time, but to watch him slowly creep up, and then I was very surprised. Um, kind of how early uh, Paul Vallis conceded, that was, that was my big kind of surprise um, of the night, just because it, it was early, it was short, it was quick. And even, you know, his, it seemed like, you know, I wasn't there, but I was watching on, on TV his speech and it seemed like some of his supporters um, kind of groaned when he, he said he fully expects uh, Brandon Johnson to be the next mayor of Chicago. Um, yeah, that 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 was the most surprising thing all night for me, and it it did happen. I think before ten, it was like between nine, a little after nine thirty.
0: We're we're getting um, used to that quick count. Uh, you know, props to the uh to the Chicago uh Board of Elections, and uh, as as I'm fond of also adding because they use the same equipment. Cook County is also counting quicker than it used to. Uh, one thing that struck me is the the north the the North Lakefront. Um, yes. We expected some of that to do well, but that was also where Vallis was hoping and planning, I think, to make inroads. Uh, you had Tom Tunney endorsing, uh, endorsing uh, Vallis, and Vallis won the 44th ward, um, but just barely, it was almost a tie. Uh, I, I I think that, and, and, you know, 42 was not all that. I, mean, I I think that it seemed as if Vallis didn't do as well in the places where he really expected to do well.
2: And and Tom Tunney was out like on the campaign trail and hosting events for Paul Vallis, like lit- literally uh, leading right up to the election. And um, so, yeah, I, I wonder looking back now, like how much you know endorsements or the support of an alderman actually mean and you know what was this also i mean you know he's retiring but was this also a referendum on on tom tunney um and does he you know support the same person who his uh constituents supported you
0: know and robin uh let's get you in on this too because we do want to definitely talk about endorsements obviously a mixed bag uh i'm sure jesse white probably helped ballas I am sure Chewy Garcia, uh, the congressman's uh, endorsement, probably helped Johnson. But I wonder if most people don't shrug them off. And you have to wonder about when aldermen, especially the ones who are going to still be around, start endorsing people. Are they making bets? And if so, who won and who lost, Robin?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, some people, if you're, if you're, really, if you're really trying to be credible, right? You endorse the person you actually think will do the best job, not the person you think will win. Politics would say, endorse the person who will win. Hopefully we have public servants and not just politicians. Um, and the nice thing about this race is nobody could really say who was going to win. So you couldn't. You and as a an person doing the endorsing, right? You, you weren't. You weren't going to win. Half the people were going to be mad at you, right? And they were going to say, "Oh, you must have been promised a job." Well, let's let's be clear. Both candidates were promising everybody everything to get endorsements, right? So you were going to you were going to get get one either way. And if all you were interested in was that, then you would try to pick whoever you thought was going to win. But if you actually went with what you knew. Um uh you know, I thought the interesting thing was that people endorsed um in a surprising way, right? I think people were surprised. Look at we had we had nine candidates in the in the in the general election, you know, two made it to the runoff, and all but two um of the rest of them, which were all black, um ex- in, went for uh Paul Vallis. That was you know Jamal J- Cole, Roderick Sawyer, Sophia King, um, basically. I mean the whole the whole crew except Cam Buckner and Lori Lightfoot uh, and, and Chuy Garcia. So, and that that kind of says something because they all obviously they were black candidates who wanted to see a black mayor. They wanted it to be them, but they also all wanted to wanted to, to see a black mayor. But that wasn't enough to uh, assuage their concerns about Brandon Johnson.
0: Yeah, and uh, I wonder about. Uh, people like, for example, uh, Anthony Beal in the Ninth Ward. Uh, now that uh, that had to be kind of a risk there, because far south side ward, he go he is the second in seniority in the city council, has never had a uh, a, a committee chairmanship. It feels very badly about that. Throws in with Paul Vallis, and not only doesn't Vallis not win, but his ward went by what a three to one or four to one margin for Johnson. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm, Anthony I'm Bill, you know, you say what a risk. That's all he does is take risks. I mean, he's not uh, you know he's the, he's the the kid in second grade that didn't play well with others. He's you know he hasn't had a committee chairmanship um for a reason i happen to think that you know he's heart and soul into into his ward down there in roseland um but i i just think that perhaps he's not as political of an animal as uh as as he should be if he wanted to be more successful right play the game a little better i so, think he went start. yeah so
0: the question is what do these Aldermen do now. I mean, now that now that the dust is settling, and, and it's not completely settled in a couple of races. Uh, now that it's settling, you know, how do they make up? The, you know, once upon a time, you would just everybody would shrug off and say, "Well, all right, that was the that was the 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 election, and now we're all back to normal." But the attitudes, it seems, in the city council and the city, for that matter have been the people hold grudges longer. Uh, I mean, uh, uh,
2: in the Aaron, country. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that that is true. That is true. But uh, is that one of the challenges you see uh, going forward, Erin?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, people will probably still hold grudges. I don't know, you know, aldermen or or the mayor elect um, you know. I I do <laughs> think it would be a pretty uh strong stance to take to, you know, come in as the new mayor and and hold grudges against aldermen who didn't support you. But I think one thing that's different is we saw, what, last week or two weeks ago, aldermen vote on, they've already established their committee chairmanships. And that's something where if if you're a new mayor and you're going to hold a grudge against people who didn't vote for you, that's, that's the first step in demonstrating that grudge is not giving someone a committee chairmanship. And these are... Mostly already set. I think, you know, there's still room for the mayor to um, try to make some movements or or move people around in their chairmanships. But um, I think that getting getting those chairmanships set before the new mayor comes in um, leaves less room to, you know, show that you're holding a grudge right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Who wants people holding a grudge anyway? Can we just all grow up? Uh, I mean, the- yeah, as, as a Chicagoan, as a voter, like, please just do the work of the people. Don't, I don't, I care about the drama because I'm a reporter and I observe <laughs> it. But as a voter, please just, you know, do the work.
0: <laughs> and and we'd like to see that, but let's face it, even over the last, uh, you know, four years, uh, that has been one of the, uh, one of the problems, uh, whether it be between Lori Lightfoot and uh, and uh, Tony Preckwinkle uh, over on the county side uh, or some people would on, you know, within the council for a while. Most people within
1: the council claim that she did not include them in the decision making process. Um, and I think that was her downfall. And I hopefully uh, Mayor-elect Johnson will learn from that because that is the biggest dig on Lori Lightfoot is that she you know, ruled as opposed to leading. Um, and, you know, things come out of the blue and they've been talking, you know, they talked about NASCAR for a year before the alderman whose wards are going to be impacted, even though the whole city is going to be impacted, knew anything about it. That is, I mean, that's not, uh, that's not collective empowerment. I, I know I keep using that word, but I believe in the collective. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. And
0: and we're going to have some challenges like that coming up, but, uh, I, I, and, you know, we should, We should probably talk about the fact that crime is going to be probably job one, but it's not a job that can be easily done. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering what the council and the mayor can do to demonstrate to the public that that's our top priority when you can't wave a magic wand. Uh, You know, you know, we I, I am not hearing any solid ideas beyond, well, let the, you know, let's see what the mayor has to say.
2: Well, and I think, you know, you made a good point. It, this, no one's gonna, no one can wave a magic wand. The mayor, the city council, the police department itself, whoever is the next superintendent. But I think, you know, there's gonna have to be some, some package of, um, you know, I'm taking action on on this thing immediately. Um you know, I'm, I'm taking some steps, but also longer term um, investments or plans. And yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see who is chosen, who is picked as the new CPD superintendent and how the mayor and the city council work with, with that person, because that'll be, you know, crucial as well. I think what you I think what you're, you're going to see is not first
1: police and then the rest what Brandon Johnson has promised is first the rest, right? In other words, first, we're gonna get to the root causes, have some long-term solutions that policing is, and we all do it. When we say, we talk about public safety and crime, the first thing we say is CPD. When, um, you know, that's kind of like the the outcome of the pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. But the input is, you know, poor education, poor mental health, poor everything. In the areas where you know most of the the harmful behavior is grown, uh, I mean it's it's systemic, historic, not just this not just disinvestment, but you know really targeting uh, communities. And I believe Brandon Johnson has been been very vocal about this that we are not you know we can't. And every superintendent has said we can't arrest our way out of this. But then when we can't solve it, we, we proceed to try to arrest our way out of it, right? So it's it's the definition of insanity. And, but it's it's going to be hard. Right, because people want safety now, and when you start talking about root causes, you're talking about you know maybe in five or ten years things will look better. But hey, it took us four hundred years to get here, so yes. um, I just I think I think the police superintendent choice is going to be tough because it's going to have to be somebody who 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 is on board with that. But he but Mayor like Johnson doesn't get to to have that choice on his own. I'm interested in this process with the commission and the councils. Uh, and how that's going to work? where they present the commission? I guess presents the three candidates to the mayor. The mayor can dismiss all of them. The mayor can also have input on, on you know who they're looking at. So I don't know um, you know how community empowering it's going to be, but uh, I think that'll be important. But it certainly won't be the only thing. And I don't think that uh, Johnson is going to make that the the, the most important part of his uh, safety plan. Mm-hmm. And- he was asked yesterday about those 1,600 vacancies. He completely blew that question off.
0: Well, well, he actually, though, to, to, to be honest, he blew all of the questions off on policy. <laughs> uh, he, and and, and he, he pretty much acknowledged that because when he was asked any policy questions yesterday after meeting with the, uh, the uh, mayor, uh, he said, we're uniting the city today.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm not saying anything that people are going to take sides on. Uh,
1: He's got plenty of time to say plenty of things and and,
0: and it will it will definitely happen uh you're listening to WBBM news radios at issue I am Craig Delamore and we are talking about the elections week that was with WBBM political analyst Robin Robinson and Aaron Hegarty of the Daily Line let's talk a little bit more about the uh the city council uh I I was going to talk about Turnout, but if we have to, we'll talk about it a little later because we, we're going to be talking about turnout for years. Um, let's look at some of those uh, some of those wards. I all right. I'll, I will admit, and Aaron, Aaron, this is this this question's for you because I know <laughs> you. If anybody knows the answer, you do. Oh, 29th no. ward. Why was Public Safety Committee Chairman Chris Taliaferro's race such a nail biter? I mean. Has he angered some West Side folks for some reason? I mean, I know c b johnson was a is a well known drug recovery activist he's a businessman, but i mean what what was going on in that race that not only did he not go you know clear a runoff but also that race was still really tight
2: I, you know you've stumped me. I don't actually know the answer to that question because it, it it's so close and it's the closest, I think, maybe I'm making a wrong claim here, but it's the closest uh, incumbent race that I'm watching right maybe now.
0: Timmy it, is the, is, maybe Timmy is, Knudsen is another Timmy one, yeah.
2: As well. Well, yeah, I think Timmy Knudsen is now like 600 votes ahead, but um, Chris Talifero is is under 300 votes ahead of his challenger, C.B. Johnson. Wow. And I think you know, I, I don't live in the 30, in the 29th ward, but Chris Ferro seems to be a pretty well-respected member of the city council. And he is the head of the, the public safety committee. And he's been, you know, in office, he's, he's not, you know, a new freshman alderman. Um, I don't know. I, I do wonder if, you know, he made a bid, I think last year at this point for a, a judge judgeship and he lost that race. So, um, I don't know if people look at that and, and make a decision on how to vote based on how he did in, in a different election. You know, he doesn't- Or that
0: he tried to, or he tried to get out of the job he has and maybe right. doesn't want it.
2: Yeah, but but that race is very perplexing to me. And I expected, I, you know, I was surprised that he didn't win outright in February. And now I'm surprised about how close this race is with still, you know, 900 950 outstanding mail-in uh, ballots in the 29th Ward. So um, I'm watching it very closely because he is slated already to hold his chairmanship of the Public Safety Committee. So if he if he doesn't win, you know, we're going to see a new... huge
0: committee chairmanship to get, to have to fill.
2: It is. And we're going to see a new public safety chair if he doesn't win. And that could I mean, that could really determine what legislation is heard, how quickly legislation gets passed out of that committee. Robin, I think
1: that there's a there's a almost you know we talk about the power of incumbency. There's also uh, the uh, the burden of incumbency. You have a record. You have had enough time to have made some people mad. You have. You know something that people can point to, and when a new, you know, look, I'm new, I'm fresh, I got great ideas, and you know, I'm I'm among, I'm I'm with you, I've been doing stuff in the community. That sounds good to people. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that yeah. some sometimes there is a double edged sword to being an incumbent. You do have a record to run on, and for people to poke at. Uh, so, and being the head of the the public safety committee, you know that requires you to, you know, have a relationship with police as well as community who may have some feelings about police. Right. So, um, I think that that's a, that's a, a tough road. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's fascinating that that race is that close, but the West side, they got a lot of pride and when they decide they want to do something different, um, you know, they are, they are activists.
0: Amen. Uh, uh the 11th ward is another race that, uh, I found fascinating and this is uh, where Nicole Lee, um, became uh, by appointment, the first Chinese American uh, uh, representative on the city council. Uh, she is, I, I am fond of pointing out the second Asian because Amaya Pawar uh, on the North side was the first, but she is, she is the first of uh, Chinese descent. And uh, we are also uh, getting a, a Filipino on the city council. So there will now be two uh, Asians in the uh, city council. Uh, but she, like other Lori Lightfoot appointees, didn't clear the threshold of 50% plus one vote to avoid a runoff. But she won handily in round two. And she seemed to mesh with the council faster and better than most of the uh, the freshmen I've seen over the last number of years. Um, but uh, that was another. She was running against a police officer. And and had had it was still a closer race than you might have expected it to be uh, what dynamics were you seeing there
2: uh so i thought i I thought she was gonna win uh outright in February, but I think maybe there were just there were a lot of can- i don't remember how many candidates there were in that race, but I do wonder if the number of people who are running kind of split the vote um and then when given the choice between Nicole Lee um, incumbent, but not like quite as as you mentioned, just appointed um, that they went with Nicole Lee. Um, you know, I think it was interesting that you saw uh, d- uh, the Daly family come out and support her. Um, and I don't know, like, did that help? Did that hurt? Um, I'm sure, you know, some people looked at that and and saw, she's supported you know by the dailies i don't want you know mm-hmm. old politics in in chicago anymore but then other um you know people might have seen the daily support and said okay she's got their endorsement um i'm going to vote for her but i'm i i also agree with that she she meshed with city council i mean she seemed like an incumbent she seemed like she was on city council you know for years by her first her like first or second meeting nice
0: yeah no she's she she if she survives this which she she did uh, she she seems like she'll be around a while and uh, she seemed to get the team (laughs) the team spirit quite quickly Um, and we did mention briefly the, the, the 43rd ward where Alderman Timmy Knudsen has been, and then thank you for that update with the uh, mail ballots coming in. He's six hundred votes ahead of Sheffield Neighborhood Association uh, uh, President Brian Comer, um, but that's again still another one that's dependent on mail ballots before we really know who's gonna uh, who's gonna do it. Twenty-first um, Ward replacing Howard Brookins, uh, organizer and political consultant, Ron, consultant Ronnie Mosley. Uh, wins over retired firefighter Cornell Dantzler. Uh, that was another race that we were watching. Um, Howard Brookins, another person that we didn't quite expect to retire who did. Uh, and you see any uh, signs in that ward either, Erin? Uh,
2: Sorry, uh, I don't know. I think, I think we expected uh, Mosley to win. I don't know. If he had, I don't remember if um, Brookings endorsed him, but he seemed like he had the most.
1: Brookins had someone that he was endorsing, and I he was taking him around to different uh, events but ahead of the general. I don't remember who it was, and I can't seem to find you know who did Howard Brookins endorse, <laughs> but I uh, don't think it was Ronnie Mosley, but I could be wrong. But Mosley did get support from Pritzker, gave him uh, you know a good deal of money, uh, and and. Uh, you know he has been an operative for a while, but there, you know there have been some questions about his uh, his credentials, uh, his education in particular. Um, but uh, that 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 did not uh, that paled in comparison to I mean he just had more, way more money than anybody else in the in in the race. But I don't think that he was Howard Brookins' choice. So you know uh, outgoing Oliver Brookens If I'm wrong, <laughs> but I was going to say that kind of speaks again to the to the to the lack of power of endorsements. Uh, you know, if you look in the fourth board where, you know, Sophia King was really pushing for Prentice Butler, who had been, you know, her chief of staff and had been chief of staff for the... Out- Alderman that left before she was appointed to fill the seat. Right. And she kind of gave him a shot and he, he, you know, he's was very connected to the community. So, um, but he couldn't overcome the amount of money that was put into the race by the supporters of Lamont Robinson. So, uh, you know, an endorsement only goes so far depending on who you are. I'm not even sure it's worth making. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and Lamont Robinson being a state representative also in some ways, had uh, high name recognition, higher than a lot of other aldermanic challengers might. Uh, so that probably helped him as well. But then you have the 45th ward where it doesn't seem to matter <laughs> what the what the uh, what the headlines are. Jim Gardner, uh, you know, did not let a couple of scandals uh, hold him down. He uh, won quite handily, uh, despite accusations of intimidation of people who were critical of him and. Uh, and such but uh the 45th ward basically uh stuck with its its guy. Um, what did, what was that about Erin?
2: I you know I think we've discussed this before it's like well you know we acknowledge he is under all these he's had all these legal issues and, and is being investigated but he's our guy and we're sticking with him. Um I was actually I mean yeah it it's still kind of surprising to me that he has won another 4 years after all of the you know just scandal
1: he, just say it it's scandal he's,
2: he's scandal <laughs> and and he's attacked constituents he's attacked people who are supposed to be you know voting for him and who he's supposed to represent and i was you know driving through the 45th ward just yesterday and there are so many Huge, massive signs with Jim Gardner's name on it. It's like it's kind of eerie. The like fortress that people have built in their yards to say Jim Gardner is our our man. We are voting for him. Um, I, that was surprising. <laughs> and and I
0: think it, it it it's one of those things that shows though that if you produce for your ward, your ward will produce for you. And that is you know that is the case. And if you don't produce for your ward as we've seen in some other past times where aldermen didn't, you know, maybe it was constituent services, they won't stay by you no matter how popular you are. But one thing we can say though about this, there will be, uh, we believe more women on the city council than we've ever had at the same time. Uh, pretty sure about that. Definitely sure we have more Latinas than we've ever had. Uh, and you'll see at least one or two become chairs of committees there so it is a new city council and we are out of time so thank you both uh that is aaron hegarty of the daily line and political analyst for wbbm robin robinson i thank you both Uh, to our listeners if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again please visit our website wbbmnewsradio.com there's a link on the home page you can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com and we'll be back next week with another edition of that issue. And I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt, Hi-ya! and even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed Premium Online Savings Account, your goal of supporting his dreams—thanks for everything, Mom and Dad—will always be worth it.